Welcome back to the Dynasty Roundtable. And Matt Babich, it's, you know, sometimes you just have to do a show where it's just us, right? Sometimes we have to do this. And tonight it's going to be one of those shows, man. But I'm I'm really excited for what we have to talk about. Yeah, you know, it was it was a special day that we had planned for the two of us. And and even though Matthew Barry, you know, called the two of us begging and, you know, begging and pleading to come on. I yeah. said, no, this this show is just for Seth and I tonight. So no special guests, no, uh, no Tyler football, just just Seth Dewald and I talking about training camp buzz, depth charts and what dynasty managers need to be doing before the season starts what they need to be paying attention to and i'm repping drew Brees boiler up because we're going to talk a little college football tonight as well because college football starts as well which means prepping for the 2024 nfl draft if it already hasn't begun for you starts now absolutely i mean you i mean we're kind of like in in the debbie streets and the dynasty streets i mean when the nfl draft ends it's the time starts to prepare for the next NFL draft. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. That's how it goes with the NFL, and that's how it goes in fantasy football. But, Matt, I want to talk to you about some of these depth charts that came out because it's some pretty interesting stuff, all right, according to a CBS article that I'm looking at right now. Uh, there's a lot of different directions we could go with this. I think the most, the one that's got people's attention the most probably because he's going in the first round is the fact that Bijan Robinson is listed as the RB3 on the Falcons depth chart. What do we make of this? Does it mean anything? And do you think Bijan is going to be sliding down those redraft rankings probably or not? It depends on what your priors are on him. If if you're in the camp of him being a first round fantasy asset this year in redraft leagues, then it's pretty devastating news because now you're you're caught up with the rest of us who understood that that Arthur Smith was not going to give a rookie Bijan Robinson 300 carries or anything astronomical. So, you know, for me and for you, two people in the Bijan, you know, overvalued in year one camp. No, this doesn't really mean much. We knew he was going to have to work his way up. We knew that even in the RB1 slot, he was going to be sharing some work with Tyler Algier, potentially Cordero Patterson as well. So not shocked uh it's not gonna be long before he's the rb1 arthur smith is definitely not the type of coach who is going to give his rookies anything so even something you saw it with quentin johnston a couple of weeks ago when he told reporters like before depth charts were even close to a thing that he was a starting receiver when in fact he was just working with the starters so arthur smith is the type of coach who will shut any type of that ego feeding down right away so it makes total sense for arthur smith to put Bijan robinson at the bottom of the depth chart make the young guy prove himself he probably will hardly play a lick in preseason despite being the rb3 because they're going to protect him and by the end of the offseason he'll be the rb1 so i'm not fading that what i am what i am buying is that the tampa bay buccaneers have no idea <laughs> what they're doing just an emphatic an emphatic way to tell everyone you have no clue what's going on inside your four walls. They use, they put Baker Mayfield and then they use the word or put it in print on the depth chart or Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. So they like the rest of us know that neither are a great option. So they're struggling. They're going to be a tank fest. They're going to be contending for the number one overall pick and the Indianapolis Colts also listed Gardner Minshew as the 1A in their little or situation. So there's growing concerns that Anthony Richardson is not going to be this team's week one starter. So if their mission is to lose games, if Jonathan Taylor's out of there, are is Gardner Minshew going to play a lot more than we think this season? It's interesting. There's a lot to unpack there, Matt. Um, but I'll start with where we started with Bijan. I think Bijan's just like any other rookie in the fact that every rookie tends to get eased into the starting role. I mean, Bijan's clearly been drafted to be the starting running back. 
but you could see some growing pains. I mean, that's just the truth with rookie quarterback or rookie running backs rather and quarterbacks in any position for that matter. I mean, so eventually, yes, he's going to be the full-time running back. So, but it may be not be until week six, week eight, where he's assuming the full workload that we would expect. Now that full workload is not going to be a Derrick Henry type workload because that would be insane for a rookie running back. And, and, Arthur Smith knows that Arthur Smith, despite what we think about him and his usage of Kyle Pitts, it's like, you know, this whole conversation we could have, like, why did you draft Kyle Pitts? Why did they draft Kyle Pitts not to use him or whatever last year? I think you know, Bijan was being overdrafted in the first round over Saquon Bar- Barkley was always insane to me. And I think you're going to see him drop a little bit for that reason, but he's likely going to shake out. I, if I had to guess probably in the, early second late first area of your draft when it's time to draft in the in late August but to talk about Anthony Richardson I mean Richardson still if he's going to be falling just the way I like to dynasty the way I like to play fantasy football you know I'm going to be taking some shots on one of the more athletic quarterbacks that we've seen in a long time and Richardson like Bijan is probably going to go through his growing pains I mean 53 percent completion percentage in college is the obvious thing that you can point to and go, yeah, this guy needs some time to develop. But at the same time, when you look at some of the plays he made with hardly any receivers to work with in the SEC at Florida, this is a special player who you want on your dynasty leagues. If there's anybody getting an inkling that, oh my God, Anthony Richardson's not going to be the starting quarterback week one. Let's see what I can get for him. If you see him get put on the block at all, I I would I'd be the first one in line to see if I can make a move to go get Anthony Richardson. And I'm still, I'm going to be taking some discounts in best ball in these best ball drafts I'm doing as well, because the upside of Anthony Richardson and the last time I checked, this is what we play fantasy football for. If you hit on Anthony Richardson in best ball, that is a league winning move. And you can pair him easily with where he's going with a safer quarterback. And that's been a strategy I've been using all offseason long. So I think I I just think this news is important, but we shouldn't overreact to it. I think it's very actionable. But at the same time, I mean, with Tampa Bay, I mean, Tampa Bay would be wise to probably play Kyle Trask. Let's be honest. I mean, because they're likely I mean, but they're going to talk themselves into the fact that they can win that division. They're just going to. So it's going to be Baker to start, and then it's going to be Trask toward the end of the season. That's my guess. If I had to put my Nostradamus uh, hat on, that's that's my prediction. So you hit it. You hit it with Indy though, because the the main takeaway is that you're probably going to get a buy window on Anthony Richardson this season, yeah. and that's the important thing because I long term this doesn't move me at all off of Anthony Richardson. I mean, it shouldn't. It's a it's no. a literal unofficial depth chart, yeah. but but there's probably going to be it's probably going to be Garner Minshew week, week one, which means it's, there's going to be an Anthony Richardson buy window. I do want to talk about one more news bit before we before we uh, drift off into these these next topics. Jonathan Mingo, if you yeah. if you noticed, is listed as the team's wide receiver three over Terrace Marshall. Now I think this is interesting because mm-hmm. Frank Reich also doesn't seem like the type. I know this is, this is not based in any fact. This is just uh this is wish casting, but Frank Reich doesn't seem like the type of guy who's going to give his rookies anything either. So Terrace Marshall should be beating out a, a rookie. He yeah. should be beating out a dusted Adam Thielen. He should be beating out a one dimensional DJ Chark, but he's not. Listed as the team's wide receiver four in one of literally the worst receiving cores in the NFL. So him, him, he has literally maybe one, two good games in his career. He has one, two games over 75 yards. It's time to forget Terrace Marshall. He's not happening. He's, he's done. It's over. Yeah, forget Terrace Marshall. Just like that movie, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, starring exactly, guy you from, get it. Yeah, so no, I... I actually I I don't know if I'm in the minority here at Player Profiler. I do like the talent of Jonathan Mingo. I did not like where he was being drafted in rookie drafts, so I don't yeah. I didn't get a ton of him. That's where I was with Jonathan Mingo. When I watched Jonathan Mingo play at Old Miss, is very they used him very much the same way as Debo Samuel's used 
in San Francisco. He's in motion a lot. Sometimes they'll line him up in the backfield. He can play outside in this. Like he's a very versatile player. And I think of a very talented player, but just in my opinion, overdrafted by Carolina and overdrafted by um, uh, dynasty gamers and rookie drafts. And because he's paired up with Bryce young and we all know how we feel about uh, Bryce young. I'm not the biggest fan. He's probably going to be solid, but not give you anything as far as upside goes in the rushing game and being overdrafted in startups for sure. But this is not, this is, this is bad. This is bad for Terrace Marshall. I think I don't, I think this, I think you're right. I think this is actionable because Terrace Marshall hasn't really done anything before and he's been given opportunities to, to do things. And now he's getting, you would say this would be, if there's any time where Terrace Marshall would take advantage of a situation, this would be it. And it doesn't appear as though he's, he's, it does not appear as though he's taking advantage. Right. So you're obviously not selling Marshall for much, but, it truly feels like his values kind of hit a peak here, which is sad. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to valley the moment he's not getting starter snaps. So yeah. now's the time to to get out from under that pit. Agreed. I, I think if you could get a third round rookie pick somehow for him, that's an auto. That's a you're automatically pressing the accept button. Uh, if somebody's really really in on Terrace Marshall in your league, so I, I agree. That's actionable for sure. Um, so. It's it's the talk of the town now, so we got to talk about it. John, Jonathan Taylor. Everyone's talking about it. We got to do it, yeah. too. We're contractually obligated to talk about mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor and all of this trade talk that's happening. He, he's still not practicing. You know, he's got a sore back or he can't can't walk right. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. That all the news lines sounds, are making up about yeah. him, but it sounds like the the like the excuses that I gave if I wanted to get out of something, you know. Yeah, like I'm I was a kid, to, my friend wants and, me to help move. I like ah, I got this, I got this back thing. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, the oh are, man, the I got, are on me. Oh. I gotta, I gotta work, man. I gotta, you know. Yeah, except that doesn't work when you're a football player. You don't have a job. Another it doesn't job. work that when you're a job. running back. That's for sure yeah. because they right. have no options. So Jonathan Taylor is is playing. He's going to play for some team. I think Billy Muzio said it best on on the Dominator a couple of nights ago that you know he's he's gonna play before he sits out, and it's still unlikely that he gets traded. But if he does get traded, where would be where would we want to see him go? Oh, I mean, I. First of all, what do you take of the situation in general? I think it's silly. I think it's silly. I think Jim Jim Ursay did something he didn't need to do. And that we have this whole controversy about these running backs, man. And it sucks. And I don't I don't know what to say to players like Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin was one of the most talented running backs I've ever seen. He absolutely de- demolished Iowa. That combination of lateral agility with that size, that speed with that size is not something that should be possible for a human being to do. But Jonathan Taylor is a very, very unique athlete and extremely talented and deserves a payday. But it's just, what do you do as an organization? I mean, it's just not, I mean, they didn't draft him in the first round, so he's not making the top 10 money that Bijan's going to be making. He's, you know, the, the, the owner comes out and says what he says, not smart, but it's just a really unfortunate situation because NFL teams are catching up to the fact that, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, look at the Chiefs, man. I mean, the Chiefs are rocking Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, and they then they drafted somebody in the first round who they're not using, which is crazy. And they won the Super Bowl. and They blew that pick with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So it's just un- the unfortunate truth in the NFL and I do think that Jonathan Taylor is going to play football for the Indianapolis Colts this year. I think that's how it's going to shake out because I'm guessing, I mean, Chris Ballard's not going to give him a, Chris Ballard is a smart general manager. He's not going to give him away for nothing. And I don't think the teams that we're going to talk about are going to meet the asking price, nor do they really need Jonathan Taylor to be successful. So that's how I see it shaking out. I do think Jonathan Taylor plays because I don't think he wants to get this reputation that he's a Le'Veon Bell type. You know, I don't think, I don't think he is. I don't, I don't want somebody to put words in my mouth. I don't want it to come out on social media that I said that Jonathan Taylor is a Le'Veon Bell type player. Cause he's certainly not, but I don't think he wants that image of his to be tarnished. Now, as far as 
tra- where do we want him to go? I mean, I would both love it and hate it if he went to Kansas City. I mean, I mean that if they could make a move to get Jonathan Taylor with Patrick Mahomes, first of all, I don't think the Chiefs need it. So I don't think it's going to happen. But I think the obvious destination that would make a lot of sense, and I think you're probably going to agree with me, is Minnesota. That would be amazing. That would be so perfect to just put the knife straight into the heart of Alexander Madison truthers. Yeah. It would be it would be interesting to see where the 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 projections on the overall passing volume would go having that asset because I think we all kind of expect an uptick in their in their passing game at least at least slightly in pace after going from Dalvin Cook who is, you know, a very you know, he's a three down back. He was a workhorse to Alexander Madison, who's more of a, a bigger satellite kind of guy. Uh, so I don't think they they're going to entrust the same workload to him. And and without the the running back depth behind them, you know, regardless of what you think about Dwayne McBride or Ty Chandler, they have a weak running back room and the their overall pace and their their whole offense would be kind of shaken up with with Jonathan Taylor. There wouldn't really affect Justin Jefferson or TJ Hawkinson, but it could kind of drastically change how we view the wide receiver three Jordan Addison in that role. Addison, a player who's going kind of well before Tyler Boyd. And then if Taylor were to go to Minnesota, I would rather have Tyler Boyd in that offense than, than Jordan Addison or the wide receiver three in in Minnesota. That's interesting. That's interesting. I'd have to think about it, but just on its face value, I think I agree with you. I do. Yeah, I mean, that's that makes a lot of sense because they would be using Jonathan Taylor a lot more than they would use Alexander Madison, and they'd be smart to, and therefore the opportunity. I mean, Minnesota is still going to be a team that passes the ball a lot, but so is Cincinnati, right? So it's very similar situations there. That's very, that's very good. That's very good. Um, and then those ADPs are obviously not the same with Tyler Boyd. I do, I do think Tyler Boyd's being underdrafted. I'm not the biggest fan, but if any, anything happens to T Higgins or Jamar Chase, I mean, there's a clear path for opportunity for him for sure. Yeah. More of a best ball play at ADP. Just, yeah. just letting the, the spike weeks automatically get contributed to your lineup has a lot of appeal in best ball because of that, you know, his, his contingent upside. If T Higgins or Jamar Chase were to, were to go down, I noticed on the bad landing spots that you put New Orleans. Do you actually think that's get that has any realm of possibility of happening, or did, I, did you I just mean, think it would be a bad spot? It would be a terrible spot. Because it would I mean, be. it's yeah. I mean, I know the rumors came out that Kareem Hunt was supposedly signed with New Orleans, and I I don't know. That would be terrible uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, it'd be terrible for all the Kendra Miller I have. It'd be terrible for the Alvin Kamara that you probably scooped up late in best ball. And all of a sudden that running back room would be Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, or not Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt and Kendra Miller. I think that's, I said them all. And that would, that's just a jumbled mess of nothing in a division where you have Derek Carr. I mean, really the only player I would want in that offense, if I can get him at the right ADP would be Chris Olave, because I do know that Derek Carr tends to target his number one wide receiver, but that would just be a mess of a backfield. I think Indianapolis is very interesting for Kareem Hunt, but at the same time, I don't know how much Kareem Hunt has left in the tank. I mean, I mean, Cleveland basically said goodbye and don't let the door hit you on the way out. You know, they didn't really make much of an effort to sign him. And they had a clear need for a a backup running back. Now we'll see how good Jerome Ford is. Um, But I don't know. I I don't know how interesting Kareem Hunt is, even if he signs. But as far as Jonathan Taylor goes, that would be, I think, I don't know if it would affect Jonathan Taylor as much as it would affect Alvin Kamara, Kendra Miller, and especially Jamal Williams. I think Jamal Williams would find himself all of a sudden, in RB4 territory on the Saints, and therefore you're basically not usable, which is not something we were we were taking shots on these Saints wide or running backs all offseason long. I know I was in Dynasty and in Best Ball. So that would be I don't know. I I I think that would be bad. And the other one I have on there is uh oh New England, because New England wants a, 
a running back for whatever reason. I mean, they have Ramondre Stevenson, so I don't understand. Ramondre Stevenson is a good player, and uh, it's just like Belichick to swoop in at the at the 11th hour and sign a Leonard Fournette, and then all the Ramondre Stevenson that we thought we were getting at a good price in the late yeah, second. Yeah, it's happening. It's, yeah. it's done. Yeah, so- I've never been more sure in my life that Bill Belichick and Leonard Fournette have a handshake deal that Leonard Leonard yeah. gets to sit on his couch during training camp and he doesn't have to report. He doesn't have to move to Boston until it's absolutely necessary. And as soon as mini camp is starting to come, all these things are starting to come together. Week four of preseason, or there's only three weeks now, week three of preseason Fournette already has the playbook. It's only a matter of time before they make that it's signing like official. Legarrett, Legarrett Blunt 2.0, baby. Legarrett that's when I. That's when I, today <laughs> is when I knew it was certain because I was listening to the yeah. Mind of Mansion earlier today, and that Josh Larkey and, and the Podfather were talking about why Leonard Fournette hasn't been signed. Oh, sorry, it was the I was listening to the Dominator podcast where where Muzio and it was one of the two. Today was a long day. I was listening to to a lot of podcasts today. Yeah. But what was said was, you know, why hasn't Leonard Fournette been signed yet? And and the comment was, well, he just doesn't want to go to training camp. And I was like, that's that's exactly it. And that might be why Delvin Cook hasn't been signed either. Kareem Hunt and these running backs just don't want to go to training camp. Yeah, it's possible. We have a comment in the chat. I'd like to get your opinion on this. Um, do you do, do you ever uh, do fantasy drafts with your mom or does your mom play fantasy football, Matt Babbage? Because apparently the disbanded brotherhood, uh, which I, I anyway, interesting name and, and a logo to go with it. This is that's interesting. Uh, his mom does or her mom does all of their drafts for them. So, yeah, interesting. Um, no, but my mom should make all my NCAA brackets for me because she usually. Yeah. She usually outperforms me in those, but no, she gets right. like, I'll call my, I'll call my parents and then my dad and I will start slipping into fantasy football talk. And then she'll just want to be done with the conversation. <laughs> so she doesn't come in. Yeah. Does your mom draft your teams? No, my mom. Did your mom uh, draft the dynasty roundtable team? Is that why she just, she just accepted all those trades? Uh, no, no, she <laughs> did not. Uh, but Man, that would explain a lot. Uh, John Winsdoffer, hopefully I'm saying that right, uh, says Miami for JT. I think that would be interesting too. I think that I would be. What do you think? I think it's interesting. You're giving me a face like you don't. I mean, he's going to be great in that offense. But is that how we? Is that the kind of scheme we we see him in? And he's Jonathan uh, Taylor, not. so like I mean, he, so he, he can, can do anything, speed, right? But yeah, but that's look a stretch. At, look at my look at Miami, and you have Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Devonish. Those are three running backs who you close your eyes and you say, picture a running back in a Kyle Shanahan slash Mike McDaniel rushing offense. And you're like, oh, yeah, an undersized back with speed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a one or zone scheme. Right. Christian McCaffrey's like the biggest you can get as a running back. Yeah. And then, like, I think even he had to slim down. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I I think you could work in anything. Jonathan Taylor is one of those running no backs, doubt, but no but but yeah, I think that's a good point that you bring up. I don't think it's the of the perfect fit, and I don't you know I don't think Dalvin Cook's a little different in that sense. I think Dalvin Cook's more of a let's face it, both those Dalvin Cook's backs. a way worse fit. I mean, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. So is it informative uh, segment time? Yeah, we're going to get, we got the the meat and potatoes of the show that that's coming after this. But before that, let's hear from the podfather about the draft kit, which you can buy now at playerprofiler.com. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists there are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine we have projections both at the team level and the player level and wherever you are you can click on a player open them up and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year and then you can click on the team and you get even more in-depth analysis all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are 
incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Go get the draft kit now. I finally convinced one of my friends to get it, and he texted me today, and he goes, dude, this thing's insane. Because like, that's wow. what it is. And and yeah. I, I've tried to describe it to some like more casual fantasy football players that kind of just do the ESPN cheat sheets. And I was at work, and I was showing some of my coworkers about it. And I was like, D- just look at this. Like, just, lo- just click through it. It's one of my favorite things to do is – to just strike up a conversation with at, at parties, at family reunion. Like, do you play fantasy football? And we talk about fantasy football. And then I talk to them about playerprofiler.com where I work and they go, Oh, well, what's that? And then I was, oh, let me show you. So I pull out my phone, go to the website. And I don't think one person has gone. Eh, that's, that's not that cool. You know, like every person that looks at playerprofiler.com goes, Oh my God, did this, how did I not know about this? And because there's all this information for free and the, the draft kit, it is $45, but so much actionable information in there written write-ups by some of the best fantasy minds in the, in the world. I mean, a B wrote up one, he's a two-time FFPC champion who's on the press coverage today. Somebody you should be listening to and not some of these generic fantasy football, blah takes that are out there. I mean, this is real stuff. This is real actionable stuff that we, we they give you their opinion with their rankings. It's it's the best thing there is out there, in my opinion. So another another show that you need to be listening to that isn't just blah takes is the Dynasty Warzone. Dynasty mm-hmm. Warzone podcast that is right here on the player profiler YouTube channel. Memphis and Jerry every week. Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Central right here on the Player Profiler Roto Roto Underworld YouTube channel. Incredible podcast, incredible dynasty takes. If I had to take any one or two podcasts ahead of ours for dynasty takes, it would have to be the Dynasty War Zone and, you know, the Sign of Truth Dynasty podcast. So, you know, some say we're the we're the big 3 of dynasty podcasts and fan- that's just that's just what people have been we get looped in there somehow yeah huh? yeah i just we uh, get a we we hang on the back of their coattails as they they lead us to victory or something we get on the back on the caboose of the train we have them we somehow we show. somehow jump on the we have train. them host our show so we can get the yeah. viewership up too. <laughs> <laughs> hey don't don't reveal the tricks live on air matt babich hey now all right so we talked about a, a Jonathan Taylor trade situation. We're going to continue the trade talk, but we're going to move it to dynasty. So it, it's training camp season. We get a lot of focus on redraft. Best ball drafts are, are heating up during this time of the year. But there's a lot of action to be had in dynasty, and you can't really be stagnant in dynasty. I've, I've already gotten caught sleeping on waivers a few times recently, and, and it's it's tough because you get in that that period where – you just don't even think about dynasty waivers. And then all of a sudden it's, it's an avalanche and you have to be paying attention. And there's just this sea of transactions, but a lot of trades to be made as well. A lot of value arbitrage in the streets these days. So Seth, why don't you hit us with your premier buy before the season starts as we talk some buys and sells. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to narrow it down to just one because I have, I mean, I have a video coming out on my channel, top five buys you need to make before the NFL season kicks off. I've written articles, get these six rookies on your team, uh, trade for them right now. 
But have to, if I have to narrow it down to one, we all know how I feel about David Montgomery. So I'm not going to go down that route because everybody knows I love David Montgomery. Thank God. And, I don't want And do I think, I think he is a, a massive dynasty buy. I'm going to go down the AJ Dillon route. And I'm going to, I'm going to say that AJ Dillon is one of my favorite players to buy because his value has gone down significantly from this time last year. And I don't know if much has changed. If anything, the situation probably got better for him. He's a he has a great profile. This is going to be a run first team with Dylan as a big part of the backfield. The NFC North we know is going to be a shootout division with defenses that are not going to be very good. Chicago's defense, run defense, is not going to be very good. They added that in Doc in Gakwe, but he's a pass rusher. He's not a very good run defender. The Lions defense is not going to be very good. The Vikings defense is not going to be very good. And the way that the Packers are going to have to win football games is they're going to have to run the ball. And Jordan Love is going to be a game manager. And that means that there's going to be a lot of A.J. Dillon involved. And Dillon, he saw 43 targets last year. And and that's pretty impressive considering that Aaron Jones is in the same backfield. And we could also see Aaron Jones take a step back. Green Bay trying to preserve him a little bit because Dillon is still, I mean, Dillon's, been used but he hasn't been used a ton there's a lot of tread on those tires and he's also a big guy who can avoid tackles in the open field and his evaded tackles his juke rate is really good for a player his size and he's the rb 33 right now according to keep trade cut or player 128 overall and at that price i think he could i think he could definitely be an rb2 or an upside fringe rb1 this season just i mean he if jamal uh, are we what, doing this again yeah why not why can't he fall in the i was zone i like was, 12 I times? was falling asleep thinking about how boring david montgomery is going to be in 2023 and now i'm wide awake because i hear he's going to be a borderline rb1 look I am all for Dude, being, he was being I'm drafted. All for being in on David Montgomery that, that, at value well, this season. This is what we thought last year. That everybody's like, oh, AJ Dillon. Yeah. AJ Dillon. Give me AJ Dillon. And then and who, lose their who game show sound. Because I didn't. He was being drafted like the third or fourth round of redraft leagues last year. Where where was the appeal with AJ Dillon? It, he he was a, he's a two he's a two down running back he's the exact type of running back that travis Etienne went on the airwaves and said was never going to get a second contract the guys who can't do anything other than the the one two him and brian robinson aj Dillon is just a, oh a, that's 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 a low blow it's a low brian rod brian robinson. aj Dillon has way more juice than brian robinson i'm not going to yeah. do aj Dillon that dirty but look it's a similar david montgomery is 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 fine at rb33 value for the short term right like am i gonna call him my biggest dynasty buy i don't know about that am i gonna call him a fringe rb1 hell no but i think he's like rb26 if gibbs gets hurt maybe maybe and even then i feel like we're just projecting the the absurd amount of touchdowns that came from where has david montgomery been a a top 14 top 12 guy outside of that that one that one stretch to end his his sophomore season he's been a top 12 guy twice that i mean that could be yeah i asked when <laughs> 2021 and 2020 or 2020 and 2021 let's let me look at some some actual numbers what i can tell you is that he's not like an incredible he's not an incredible rusher right he's a he's a talented pass catcher so he was 6 and 12 20 and 2021 and that came off the heels of 247 carries when he was RB6. If you think he's getting 247 carries, you're out of your mind. There's no way with a healthy Gibbs all season. The, the Lions aren't going to be running that much. They're not going to be they, – they never were that team. Jamal Williams got propped up on the 17 touchdowns that he scored last season. So if we look at the, the opportunity that's likely going to be available – so he was the lead dog and had 262 carries last season. So there's a world where David Montgomery assumes most of the red zone work for the Detroit Lions and Jameer Gibbs is lined up a lot in the slot because let's look at their wide receivers for a second. I mean, we all know Jamison Williams is suspended for the first six games of the year. Marvin Jones, 
from what I understand, has been mostly an outside receiver most of his career. Amon Ross St. Brown's going to work the slot, but then who else are you going to throw the ball to? Sam Laporta. This is why I like Sam Laporta, by the way. There's just not Khalif Raymond. But here's I mean, here's the problem. With, that's where that's where Jameer Gibbs factors zone. in. I think here's the problem with with David Montgomery in the red zone. So you have a third down and five, right? Let's say that you have a third down and five on the thirty, mm-hmm. and you you run your play. You run a you run a quick hitter to to St. Brown over the middle, and he gains six. You know now you're in that no. We're we're gonna say he breaks a little bit further. We want this to be a, a little bit tighter of a window. So now they're on like the 15 yard line, first and 10. Jameer Gibbs comes off the field. Dave Montgomery comes on the field. All right, everyone, pack the box. It's a run. What do you mean? It, they're going to be predictable. Can, they can catch pass. He can catch passes and run block or pass block. He can catch passes. He can catch passes. Yeah, he's a versatile running back for sure. I'm a. I don't. I don't know, man. Do you have who did you you didn't draft him in the dynasty roundtable startup by chance, did you? We could no. make a trade. No, live on air. No, okay. I didn't. I didn't. And, <laughs> and like we're, we're not we're that saying, I would need we're him saying this, year. this. We're saying this, and it's so funny that we keep having this argument because I think he he beats his ADP this season in redraft and dynasty. Oh, it's crazy how low yeah, he's going. Yeah. And, like I, yeah. I truly believe that he's a value at ADP. I think you just lose me when you say he's going to be an RB one candidate. Gibbs is an an electric rusher and he's going to, he's going to get a lot more of the, if, if Jameer Gibbs, isn't the change of pace, two minute drill passing situation back soon in the offense, I will be shocked. And and if I'm wrong, then I'm going to be wrong in a big way because if he can't take that role from Montgomery, if if David Montgomery's in the two minute drill, Jameer Gibbs is is torched. He is done for fantasy. He's a mass. He will be the biggest bust in fantasy if that's if that's not baked in already well, into his role. I think though, there's a real chance that we see a lot of formations with both of them on the field. Because you could split Gibbs easily out as a wide receiver. He's dusting everybody in camp. I know it's camp. Okay, I know it's shorts. But still, Jameer Gibbs is a good football player. That being said, David Montgomery is a good football player too. They And and like I said, their options in the passing game are going to be limited until Jamison Williams can come back. And I know Marvin Jones Man. has been there before. And we'll see what Jamison Williams can do once he comes back. Same situation in Green Bay. Like they have a lot of new pass catchers. And as much as we are big on Jaden Reed and the tight end there, Luke Musgrave, I have my doubts on Christian Watson. I think Aaron Jones could be used a lot in the passing game. Therefore, these are both backfields where you could see both players being on the field quite a bit. That's also factored into my analysis. So I I do like the I do like formations where I see Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on the field. Aaron Jones gets split out into the slot, and then Dillon's in the backfield, and then that's that's a way where both of these backfields you could have opportunity for both guys. So I I like Aaron Jones, I like AJ Dillon, I like David Montgomery, and I'm draft I'm not getting as much Gibbs. I'm not as big on Gibbs as some other people, but there's a world where he catches 100 passes in his rookie season. All right, 100 targets, not 100 passes. Sorry, 100 targets. That's what I meant to say. He, there's that world where he that 100 passes would be insane for a rookie season. But there's a world where he gets 100 targets in his rookie season. I don't think you can ignore that upside. So I just got pre mad because I just envisioned the week one world where where Jameer Gibbs has like two long runs and David Montgomery has two one yard touchdowns and we. <laughs> And we're sitting here week one and Dave Montgomery has I'm like, like a, victory laughing on it. Oh yeah. It's going to be awful. Yeah. It's going to hurt. Um, yeah. I, I don't well, know. Look, I, I really hate to admit it, but I feel like every time we kind of go down this road, I get no matter who it is. Cause, cause Josh Larkey, who is one of the analysts I respect most in this community is also very much in on David Montgomery. And so, Every time I've kind of crossed this road where I've where I've heard the pro David Montgomery side, I, I continue to inch just like a little bit further. So I was already in on ADP beforehand, and now I and it's easier because I don't have a ton of stake in Gibbs being really good. I don't have a lot of Gibbs. I'm not drafting him in best ball. I don't have him really in any dynasty leagues. So I have really no 
no stake in being wrong. It's a little bit easier to sway my opinion, but I, I, mm-hmm. I continue to kind of go over to the, to the camp a little bit, to the dark I, side I, of the force, the dark side of the force. I still yeah. think there's, there's, you know, a strong possibility. He just finishes outside of the, the top 24 closer to 33 than 24, but you yeah. know, um, I love David Montgomery so much. He's such a dog, man. Like he's so good at football. Like I know it doesn't show up in the metrics, but just having watched him closely for his entire career, that guy, I, I really want to see what he can do. It's going it, to behind a top five offensive line that the Detroit Lions have top 10. At, I think it's top 10 at worst. Like they have a fantastic offensive line and that's Chicago. That's something Chicago never gave him. So it, I am excited for David Montgomery this year. Even, even though Jameer Gibbs is there, I think that's going to be a huge part of their offense. And they're going to use both of those players, like I said, at the same time. But I'm interested to hear what your dynasty buys are. You, you, are we going to hear about Christian Watson again or what's no, – I'm, No, I'm going to try and, and, and the original. diversify. I, I had even thought about writing up Michael Pittman again. but All right. I like Michael I was, Pittman. That's a I great was just one. on the Game Plan podcast with Maddie Kewum talking about how much I love Pittman this season. I, I've been talking about him all offseason. So everyone knows my stance there and it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, though, remains the strongest buy in in fantasy football right now. If you're looking to compete for a title, you can get Joe Mixon at RB23 prices, and he has two years left in Cincinnati. You have a two-year window with Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Let's go over some of the numbers. So he didn't play enough games to qualify, but 16.6 would have been inside the, the top seven running backs in fantasy points per game this season. Uh, and he did that again, basically last season was 16.1, had a 18 point RB five finish smacked in the middle there in 2021 had 60 receptions last season and is currently the RB 23. And I feel like a lot of this stemmed from that, those legal concerns that were happening for so long in the off season. It's been a long time since that has come out to essentially be nothing. And We have a guy who finished 11th in weighted opportunities this season, fourth the season before, and, you know, he was on pace to, to finish, you know, in the top eight again in the next year in the season before that, when he got hurt 2021, he was the number two RB in expected points per game. You look at him as a pass catcher in one of the highest volume passing offenses there is in Cincinnati. He is highly effective. He's always near a 10% target share or higher. Hit 14% target share last season. And this passing offense has stayed the same. And the the first, the other BS argument that comes to light is, oh, well, Samaj P. Ryan was was spelling Joe Mixon. He was, they were taking Joe Mixon off the field for Samaj P. Ryan, and that's why Mixon underperformed down the stretch. So week 15, he was the RB 10 week 14. He was the RB 16. And then from in weeks 18 and weeks 20, which I know one of those is a playoff week. He had 17 and 20 fantasy points. So they were, they weren't taking him off the field. If anything, it was to keep him fresh. And, and guess what? They let Samaj P Ryan walk in free agency. And he signed with the Broncos on a cheap contract. They clearly didn't care about keeping Samaj P Ryan to, to so that so that Joe Mix because Joe Mixon can't pass block. No, it's all it's it's a it's a bunch of hooey, and Joe Mixon is going to be a top twelve running back this year, likely a top eight running back this year, given his history and his talent. He's an RB twenty three. You can get potentially, you can probably get a late first this year. You might even be able to get a high second in some situations. And so Joe Mixon, if you're a competing team, is just the easiest target to go get and just get a top 12 running back for the next two seasons. The Bengals depth chart right now at running back is Joe Mixon, Trevion Williams, who's Chase Brown. Yeah, Chase Brown, Chris Evans, and then two, I believe, undrafted free agents and Jacob Sailors and Calvin Tyler Jr., who probably won't make the roster if I had to guess this is Joe Mixon's backfield and I'm happy you brought up this name because quite rarely do we get a chance to get a pass catching running back in the best offense 
in football. And I know there were legal, there were legal concerns. I know that there were, we thought the Bengals might cut him. It didn't happen. We're sitting here August, what, 9th? And Joe Mixon's still on the roster, and he's clearly, clearly the lead dog on what could be the best offense in football. I mean, they're right up there with Seattle, Chicago. No, I'm kidding. Um, But, you know, like these high-powered offenses that we want to target, Kansas City, obviously. And, yeah, where he's being valued currently, it's almost as though at 27 years old, some people think he's washed. And I the stats would say that that's not even close to being true. So I agree at his current value. I'm you get agreement for me with this one, because there's, I mean, Matt, I'll just go ahead and say it. That he could be top five running back this season. Without a I doubt. Mean, I mean, could, they added, he'll, they added he'll Orlando be approaching Brown. a 70% opportunity share this, this season. And the, their offensive line should be a lot better. They added Orlando Brown on the offensive line. I mean, this offense is going to score a lot of points and he's going to have a lot of opportunity in it. So I think, I think that if, if you're a contender, that is, a, that is a nice buy. that that's a buy that it may not even cost you what it might cost you a late first. Yeah. I mean like on keep trade cut, it goes 2024 late first, three different running backs, then a 2025 late first. Uh, then it goes Charbonnet Dobbins, cook white, then mix it. So like, oh my god, we're we're between a 2025 late first and a 2023 early second. You could trade Alexander Madison essentially straight up and get Joe Mixon. That's a good one. Wow, that's a really good one. All right, I'll throw it. I'll throw it right back to you. Dynasty sell. Who are you selling? David Montgomery? No, 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 no. <laughs> I am selling Calvin Ridley. Oh, good. This That's, one to me we're gonna agree too, on this too. just felt just felt really easy because he's 29 oh. years old, hasn't played football in a season and a half, and he has one good season on his resume. So <laughs> we look at this, you know, depth chart season or whatnot, you know, looks good in shorts and he's not guaranteed the most targets on this team. Christian Kirk was a... a yeah. is a dog and was a, a the bona fide number one in that offense. He's going to be playing in the slot. If if Trevor Lawrence is still that, that you know, that he should have better protection this season, but if he's still running for his life, Christian Watson in the slot versus Calvin Ridley, you know, deep downfield, he's going to take those, those underneath balls all the time. Um, you know, Christian Kirk is there Zay Jones is there. Evan Ingram re-signed. Uh, Travis Etienne wants to become a better pass catcher. Tank Bigsby, as much as I don't like him, has pass catching ability. So when you look at the talent on this team, we could potentially be in for a very unconsolidated target share in Jacksonville where we're seeing the target leader at a you know 20% target share. So no one's going to have a true alpha share of the offense. And if that's the case, then Calvin Ridley at his current value is likely not going to pan out. He's currently the wide receiver 23. And here are a list of names that you can, you can get that are all younger than DJ Moore. You can trade this person plus, or you can trade Calvin Ridley to get this person plus DJ Moore. Michael Pittman, Marquise Brown, and Deontay Johnson. Those are four receivers who I would easily take them and anything the other the other manager was willing to tack on because I think I would have Ridley below all four of them. So if you came to me and said DJ Moore and a third, done. DJ Moore and a fourth, done. Uh, Marquise Brown in a second, done. That's uh, not going to happen. Marquise Brown in a third, done. So they're the, exactly right, right here. Uh, even though he's wrong about Joe Mixon and, and, you know, willing to take out the garbage, he's not willing to do that. Uh, but there is, yeah. there is more value in Kirk this season. I love, I love the value of Kirk and Zay Jones at cost. Ingram feels like he's in kind of a, a weird area of tight end where he has, he has some tight ends that have a lot more youth and, year or this season opportunity this season 
And Zay Jones and Christian Kirk for their prices are are, are really good buys. Do not like uh, Calvin Ridley. He's my main sell. Yeah, um, I think this is an ambiguous wide receiver situation. And whenever there's, it's it's not obvious that Ridley, in my opinion, is just going to out-target Kirk by the amount that he's being valued. I mean, he's sneaking up into the second round of best ball drafts. And I know this is, I, I do think that this time of year, this is where the redraft streets and dynasty kind of connect that you can take some of these values and perceive, okay, how do people think that Calvin Ridley is going to perform this year? Okay. Back half of the second round value in a redraft league, 28 year old receiver in dynasty past the AJ Pax coming off of not playing for a year and a half. It's a great story. I'm not saying it's not, but this is a bet that this is, this is a calculated risk that you need to take. You need to sell Calvin Ridley. It's just because there's a real world where, and I think it's going to come to fruition where Christian Kirk's the lead target getter in that offense. Cause there's familiarity there. He had a great year last year. Evan Ingram's there. You said Zay Jones is there and this is going to lead perfectly. I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off. I'm, I'm going to riff, man. I'm just I saw it in the show. I saw it on the show sheet. Come on, hit me with it. This is not going to, it's not going to be in the show sheet. All right. Uh, I'm going to riff because I want to stick with this Jacksonville offense and you might not like this, but I tweeted this out. I I'm really worried about Travis Etienne. tank Bigsby was drafted in the third round camp reports. Very good with, with tank Bigsby ETN is entering. He's 24. He's going to be 25. And he was supposed to be this pass catching running back. And he finishes the RB 23 in fantasy points per game was number 22 in targets, 22 in receptions. Saw 19th in opportunity share. And he's being valued according to keep trade cut the last time I saw. And and this is a purely value thing, right? I like ETN's potential. I like his profile. I like a lot of what he does. But RB8, according to Keep Trade Cut, that's pretty high. That's pretty high. And there's a lot of good players in this offense. And now you have Tank Bigsby. And Tank Bigsby, a lot of people are saying he wasn't productive in college. He was pretty productive in college from what I'm seeing. I mean, he had a 1,000-yard rushing year in 2021 caught 30 balls in 2022 not for a ton of yards but he can catch the ball to the backfield which is what Travis Etienne does and so while I agree you're gonna want pieces of this Jacksonville offense I think I'm I officially put Travis Etienne on my sell list because I don't know if he ever reaches that RB8 ceiling just because I don't know if there's room for it in this offense. I mean, there's a world where it happens, but I don't think it's likely. I think there's room for it through the amount of sustained drives and the amount of red zone opportunities they have. I'm selling the thought of Tank Bigsby severely cutting into ETN's role there. I know that there were times where ETN came out in the red zone. I still think ETN is their preferred back in those situations but you're right that etn at rb8 that's a lofty goal of of him of him hitting that a lot of things have to go right now it it seems that doug peterson really wants him to be involved as a rusher which is kind of the opposite of what we want We, we we want him to be way more involved as a pass catcher he he kind of said indirectly that that was part of what he needed to work on as a running back so it's it's a positive sign that he knows that that's something he needs to get better at being a more complete three down back. But for this season, I'm not sure if that's that's quite in the cards yet. I think there is a world where I don't think I don't think Bigsby just being in Jacksonville spells ETN from from being able to be an RB8. But this season, I don't think there's enough in place. And if that's the case, then then at RB eight, he is a he is a sell for sure because there's always new talent, there's always breakouts. So ETN's looking probably more at RB twelve after this season, which means you can get some good value if you sell now. Yeah, he's actually RB seven now, ahead of Nick Chubb, Kenneth Walker, Josh Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler. Which those are some older running backs, but the ones that I'm looking at are like Tony Pollard is not a lot of work. I mean, I know he's twenty six, but 
not a lot of wear on those tires as being a backup all those that's years. a huge buy right now yeah i i took yeah i took totally nick agree. chubb plus for or sell nick chubb for tony pollard plus if you can buy that value yeah I, but i don't i don't honestly i don't know if you could sell travis Etienne for or nick chubb for for tony like I think these these rankings. Yeah, I, I it's think a good that's tool, a Todd right there. Yeah, well, it's a good tool like to use. I I don't. It just depends on your league, I guess. But because I think there's a ton of Tony Pollard hype right now, and rightly so. I think Tony Pollard has the RB has RB one overall upside, which is not something I think I could say for ETN. I think Chubb could do it, and I think Barkley could do it. I I'm just very skeptical of of ETN. I mean, it's I guess it's possible with his pass catching chops, but he just disappointed so like it wasn't even disappointed it was an okay year uh eh, you know rb2 season so rb17 overall so i i don't know i just want to see more out of him than yep. what i saw and i guess it was his rookie year so maybe maybe i give need to give him a little bit of slack for that so he need he definitely needs to take a step this year so factoring all that in he is on my sell list officially i tweeted it out but I mean, it's a, it's a player. I'm good. Yeah. Everyone in the world knows it. Uh, so yeah. Um, but we do, I do want to get to this. We've, we've, of course, when yeah, we we're going to have to save we're most, an hour, hour, we're going to have to, in. we're going to have to save most of the rookie talk for, for the OT episode, but we can, yeah. we can quickly go through one or two rookies. We're each, we're each really excited to, to follow this season. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you go first, Matt? Uh, talk right. about uh, so for just set this up real quick so it's, we're he- looking ahead to 2024 already because we're sickos and uh, uh, matt and i have gone through scouting some of these players already so we're going to give you our favorites right now of the 2024 class and i'm very very intrigued by this class has a lot of players that i really really like so matt what's a player that you you've looked at so far and you go oh man this player is going to be something special in the NFL and for fantasy football. Yeah. So Amika Egbuka from Ohio state wide receiver university does it again. This guy is, um, how do they, how do they say it? Really good at football. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He he is six, one, 200 pounds, 97th percentile speed score. And he currently has the following college metrics in an offense with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. 44th percentile college dominator rating, 77th percentile college target share. So that just kind of paints the picture as to how consolidated the target share was between him, JSN and Marvin Harrison Jr. And then 67th percentile breakout age before age 20, nearly a 1200 yard season and 10 touchdowns. This guy is a baller. He is a fluid route runner. Uh, clearly the coaching they have there is just incredible because you have Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Amika Buka, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith and Jigba, all who have such refined route running capability coming out of college. And so a, a very good golden rule that has come up recently in, in college fo- or in fantasy football is just draft the Ohio State receiver. And that is going to be the case with Amika. And then the other one I want to highlight, well, I'm going to quickly say that I love rocket Sanders too. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He had a 1400 rushing yard season. He's going to be a baller. And then I want to highlight Quinn Ewers. Cause I think Quinn Ewers is a, he's one of the most prolific prospects at the quarterback position from high school to college. That's, that's just a fact him and Archie Manning two of and Trevor Lawrence. And he is, we saw him step in for Texas and just immediately lights, lights were on pressure was on and he lit it up. He is a dog. He has the mentality. He has an incredible arm. And so I think Quinn Ewers is going to be closer to that QB two conversation when we, when we get to the end of the college football season and he just completely balls out in super flex leagues, it's probably going to be. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Quinn Ewers. That's that's so interesting because I'm not the biggest fan of Ewers. I'm I'm more of a Jordan Travis guy, uh, but that's okay because uh, definitely Quinn Ewers ha- does some things that you really like to see. I mean, he's got good size, six two, almost two hundred pounds. He moves well, he, has a good arm. I, I'm I'm just a little worried about his accuracy down the field. 
So I'll say I'll say similar things about Quinn Ewers that I did about Justin Herbert when he was a freshman. There was a lot of talk about what Herbert didn't do right, and I just kind of always felt like Herbert had everything that wasn't teachable and that okay. all of his mistakes were, were kind of fixable. And I, I see similar things in Ewers in his freshman season where you could tell he was a young guy who didn't necessarily have to be the most refined out of high school because of his size and because of just how good he was. And then, you know, he realized that going to the SEC or the going to the Big 12 or just a prolific college football program is not, you know, quite as easy as he as he thought. So a season with stiff competition behind him, he's got to be motivated to be great and be this team starter, or else he's gonna get he's gonna get benched real quick. And I, I think Quinn has that mentality in him. He has the the IQ, I think. You know, I don't know any of these things, but you know, just from my limited scouting experience, I think Quinn's going to light it up this season. Very good. Um, a player, and and just to give people some insight, I've watched a, one or two games on each player that I've scouted so far. I'm going to watch a lot more this season uh, because, you know, putting this full body of work together, I feel is important. But a player that I think Devi players, dynasty gamers are going to need to know about that they may not, know about that may be a deep sleeper in in your leagues is Rome Odunze from Washington. Yep. Absolutely. First of all, he has good, really good size, six foot three, 200 pounds. And he runs really well for that size. He runs a four or five, which is good enough, a good enough speed. But what's most impressive about him is he looks like an NFL ready wide receiver with the amount of routes that he runs with his role in the offense. I mean, I watched him run a double move against UCLA, wide open for a touchdown, great route. They move him around. Like, they'll line him up outside. He's in motion. Um, And then he's also what I love, and I just – I'm a sucker for this. It's also why I really like Marvin Mims. He isn't afraid to block. I mean, he's a good blocker, and he's got good size, and he puts it to use. So I, I feel like some old school coach like Sean Payton is going to fall in love with them. Hopefully Bill Belichick doesn't draft them, but you know, um, he has, he has good hands, really good run after the catch ability. Like I said, he's, I saw him run deep routes, short routes, crossing routes, deep out routes. So I think he runs a really good uh, diverse route tree. He's got great body control and he looks to be a player that just could do a lot of things for an NFL team. And, uh, in the game that I watched, he had a really good, caught two touchdowns, just a, a stud, I think. And a guy that's probably going to be valued a little bit too low. Um, right now, uh, as far, I've, I've scouted 19 players. I've got him at player number eight, right behind Trey Benson, who's one of my favorite running backs in the class. I actually have him as my RB1 right now. Six foot one, 215 pounds, runs a four, three, seven. Oh boy. Um, just Florida State, man, they can produce some good running backs. So I but there's a lot of running backs I like in this class. And you you'll have to tune into the OT session to find out about those. So um yeah, Matt, we're gonna have to get out of here if we're gonna if we're gonna do an OT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're already so, doing the OT. Yeah. So Matt, anything you gotta plug and we'll get out of here uh so the the goat district can take over. Yeah, I got some got some articles coming out soon. Not sure e- exactly when, but uh, I'll I'll be promoing them another time. But I'm gonna be getting back into writing. I got some uh, some late round value and redraft leagues that I'm gonna be presenting to you. And also for for anyone who's new to to Superflex leagues, Jonathan Lang did a really good intro article, kind of defining what it is a Superflex league is, and then I kind of take you through. Uh, a, a draft the optimal draft strategy for for super flex leagues so so excited to have those kind of come out here in the streets maybe the next couple of weeks yeah and go get the draft kit promo code seth s-e-t-h not maddie not uh matt kelly he doesn't need that people like me need the need the you know support whatever. teachers yeah support teachers so Go check out the articles, news and articles section on playerprofiler.com. Free information from some of the sharpest minds in fantasy football. People like Jonathan Lang, people like my assistant editor, Joel Yabara, Matt Babich, Ahan Rungta. The list goes on and on. And I feel truly blessed to be the editor at Player Profiler and YouTube manager. Just work with so many talented people. So 
hats off to you guys. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore D I E W O L D. You can follow me and at YouTube on YouTube as well. Be going to be breaking down some of these 2024 prospects and you can download the dynasty Roundtable podcast. The link will be in the description. So for Matt Babbage, for myself, this has been the dynasty Roundtable podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great night and we'll catch you next week.